my on? Okay, good. I don't know why, but those lights are super bright today. Normally not that bright. So, good morning, everyone, and happy New Year's. Um, one of the things I was preparing, the Lord put it on my heart to challenge the church today. And so I'm going to challenge you guys with a New Year's resolution, right? What better day to do it than today, right? And that challenge is this. Let's start living our lives by listening and doing what pleases God regardless of what we think or how we feel. You know, I was sharing this with my wife last night and it just so ministered to me because I don't want to come up and teach. <laughs> I'm the honest. I just, I get nervous. I get nervous and then I got to prepare and I got to do all this. And my first thought is, man, let's see if Jeff can get somebody else. That's just, that's just me. I'm the, I'm the flesh, right? Or when I got to come to meetings or, or whatever, Saturday mornings community group. I'd rather just kick back and watch TV and, and relax. But God presses into me, says, man, I got a plan for you. And that's what gets me up every single time. So my challenge again for you guys is to make this year the year that you please God in everything that you do and not yourself. Amen. Let's pray as we get into the message. Father God, we just thank you for who you are. You know, as we were praying earlier, and Alex was leading us and asking uh, to pray for the attributes, your attributes, Lord. And, and the one that just popped up to me, Father, is your love. You always get me with that, Lord. You always just touch my heart. And I thank you for your love because that's what motivates me to please you. To do the things that you've called me to do. And so, Father, I pray right now that I would just get out of the way and let your love pour into this um, message, into the congregation, to those that are listening at home, that you would touch each and every heart. Show them your love, Father. We thank you so much for all that you do. We love you. We praise you, Lord. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. So um, I'm going to kind of continue going through the author that we've been going through, which is John. So if I, I would have you guys to turn to 1 John chapter 3. <clears throat> We're going to kind of start a little bit in chapter 2, like two verses before that. But as you get there... Um, I want to put up on the screen my main point. Practicing lawlessness or sin versus practicing righteousness. Practicing lawlessness is to continually or habitually sin or a lifestyle, right? <clears throat> Whereas one who is practicing righteousness abides in Christ and he in them. Because Christ continually dwells in us. His love is poured out to others through us. 
So that's our main, that's our main um, point. We're going to get into it. So let's just jump into uh, 1 John. We're going to start chapter 2, verse 28. And it says, And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink to him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born, um, has been born of him. So first I want to just, that word abide, um, which basically means to cling to, to continue to dwell and to cling to, I, I kind of, I, I see it as holding on to his coat jacket and just not letting go. And imagine that when we abide in him, he abides in us. So he's doing the same with us, where he's holding on to us, and he's not letting go. Even when you feel alone, he's not letting go. He remains there with you. <clears throat> and then um, imagine also, based, thank you, that makes it better. Um, imagine when Jesus returns. And you're not in communion with him. You're not abiding in him. We're not pursuing or pressing into him. How are we going to feel? I mean, imagine. Just, just take a minute and imagine that. That's why for me it's so important that when it says we abide in him, that we need to continuously hold on regardless of what's going on in our lives. Sometimes we don't want to get up early and come to Bible study at 5.30 in the morning, but we do it anyways because we want to be with other brothers. You know, when we don't want to read, when we don't want to pray, when we don't want to praise, when we don't want to worship, when we don't want to gather with other brothers and sisters, we should do it anyways. We need to be prepared for that day when our Lord comes back. Amen? I have another note, John 3.16. You guys all know this. I'm going to read it through verse 18. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten, or his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So, again, we have a loving God. And, and for you gentlemen that are married or are in, in a relationship, when you first started dating your wife, you went out of your way to pursue her, right? I mean, that's what we do, right? But yet, we hesitate to do that with God, who gives eternal life. Just saying. Just Verse 1 in, in chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. So, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, 
we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. You know, as I was reading that and looking at that, just reminded me of my life and growing up and even to this day where my dad's friends, people that, that knew my dad when, when he was alive, and they see me, and this has been all my life. They've always told me this. The Maori man, you were a splitting image of your dad. You're just like him. And when I read this, shouldn't we be a splitting image of who God is? But we don't, we don't press into him. And, and I say we, okay? I'm not saying you guys. We, we don't press into him like we should. Man, we, sh- we should just continuously press into him. Our Father in heaven calls us his children. And because of our identity in him, others who know him should say to us what my dad's friend said to me. Does that make sense? When people look at us, they should say, you remind me of Jesus. Not that I'm Jesus, okay? Because I'm far from it. But the challenge is that we need to press into him and we need to abide and we need to walk with him and we need to just live our lives for him. Verse 4. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever practices or whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. I don't think I need to get into what sin and lawlessness is. It's kind of the same thing. Um, Lawlessness to me is a little bit harsher, where it's talking about being wicked, wickedness, unrighteousness. Um, But I want to remember, if you could put up my first note, the main point, Uh, Just put it back up just so we could see um, what this is talking about. I mean, that that was my main point right there. Practicing lawlessness is to continually or habitually sin, whereas one who is practicing righteousness abides in Christ and he in them because Christ continually dwells in us. His love is poured out to others through us. Now, there's more in those four verses. But I'm going to come back to that a little bit later. Okay? So, uh-oh. There you go. Thought I lost my notes. <laughs> I'll come back to these, these verses later. But let's go to verse 9. No one born of God makes a practice of sin, for God's seed abides in him, and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this... It is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of of the devil. 
Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he one who does not, who does not love his brother. Now, he's not saying here that we as believers, we no longer sin. Okay? So we still sin. Right? But what he means is that sin is no longer our lifestyle. Okay? That we're continuously repeating the same sin and it's become a lifestyle for us. That's what he's talking about. And so as we get into the next verses, in verse 11, I'm going quickly because I want to get to a certain point. Okay? Um, He just talked about the love, right? The love of God. And now we see it manifested here in loving and in commandment. Let me just read it. It says, for this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Remember the one another's, one another's we went through? We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that when... Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So, again, he's not saying that by loving your brother that you're saved. That's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about is loving our brother is the evidence of being saved through Christ Jesus. That should be part of our personality. That should be, you know, just in us. It should be in our genes. And he's not saying, you know, hey, will, will you love the next brother, love your brother? He's telling us, it's a command, that we need to love one, one another. We need to love our brothers and our sisters, right? And that's what he's telling them here. This is where I want to spend most of my time here. Jeff only gave me 25 minutes, so I'm not going as long as he does, okay? So that's why I'm kind of just rushing through it. So forgive me for doing that. Uh, Verse 16, by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. So he's telling us to love our brothers. It's a command. And then he gives us an example how Jesus loved his brothers. He laid down his life for us. Right? And we ought to do the same with, the, with our brothers. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, How does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. I want to go back to the verses that I went through, verses four through eight, real quick. Because I want to make a point here. We see the evidence of Christ living in us through our love for our brothers. That's just one of the points that that points to God. 
But I, want, I just want to recap this. And uh, In verses 4 and 8, we see Jesus appeared here on earth in order to what? To take away our sins, right? He also appeared to destroy the works of the devil. In fact, in him there is no sin, makes him worthy becoming the ultimate sacrifice for us and the only one who could destroy the works of the devil. I want you to get that for a second. Um, Jesus has the authority from God the Father, obviously, but what makes him worthy of being that sacrifice and taking our place is because he was sinless. He was perfect. That blows my mind when you really think about this. We as sinners, I'll say it my way, okay? So we're jacked up, okay? We are. We are so messed up, it's not even funny. But yet, God sends his only son down to this earth to take the punishment that we deserve. He took that on. And he is worthy to do that because he was perfect. So put on my last note, Exodus 12.5, talking about the Passover. If you guys remember the scene, the uh, Israelites were, were, were slaves in Egypt. And Moses comes in and he brings in the ten plagues and all that, right? And the last one was the Passover where he says to them, I want, I'm paraphrasing, okay? <laughs> I want you guys to go kill a lamb. And not just any lamb, a perfect lamb, an unblemished lamb, right? And then put the blood of that lamb on the doorpost and the, and the lentil of, of your door. So that when the death angel comes, he's going to see the blood of the perfect lamb and pass right over it. <coughs> and we see that in Jesus. Verses 16 where it says, By this we know love that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to do the same for the brothers. I'm paraphrasing there. It says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. This is the way I would say, again, Jeff always tells me I write like I talk. Or no, that was Yvette. <laughs> That's Yvette. That I write like I talk. But basically what he's saying is let's walk the walk and talk the talk. We say we're believers. At your workplace, do your coworkers know that you are a believer? Do you act like a believer? How about your families? Do they look at you and say, Brother Loudy's a hypocrite. He talks all this Jesus stuff, but then he goes and does this. We need to walk the walk and talk the talk. You see, we have a God who loves us so much that he sent his only son to die in our place. I tell my friends all the time, 
thank God, Chris, brother, thank God I'm not Jesus. Thank God I'm not God because you'd be going to hell, brother. I would not give up my kid for you. Oh, praise God, right? I'm not God. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but think about that. How many of us would give up our own child for a brother or a sister? I would say none of us, right? I, I would hope none of us. <laughs> um, but we have a God who did that. And because of that, we are free. Came down, lived his life, preached the gospel, was arrested, tried, beaten, put on a cross, died. First of all, that beat down was a beat down. Okay, it was it wasn't just a couple of slaps around the face and stuff like that. Uh, he got beat down. Isaiah talks about that he was beat down so bad that they couldn't even recognize that he was a man. That's a beating. But he endured it. Died on the cross, was buried, and three days later resurrected. For somebody that would do that for me, I can't help but in turn give my life to him. And that's who we need to be, you guys. That's my challenge for you guys this year. To live for Jesus like he died for you. That's my challenge. He did all that for us, and because we believe, and if you don't believe, come talk to me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you. Simply because we believe and we trust in God, and we allow him to change our hearts, we now get to spend eternity with him. And eternity doesn't start when we die. It starts right now. Our eternity starts right now. If you don't know Jesus, come see me. Let's talk. Love to talk to you about it. I could talk about Jesus all day long. Love to talk to you guys about that. But my challenge again, you guys, to you is to live a life that is worthy of being called a Christian, somebody who follows I'll finish with verse 19 um, for the rest of the chapter. It says, By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For wherever our heart condemns us, God is great, greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because we keep his commandments and do not and do what pleases him. And in this, and in this is his commandment that we believe in the name of his son Jesus Christ and love one another. 
just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. I talked about earlier about living a life that pleases him. That's what it's talking about. These, these, this is evidence of God living in us. And we, like I said, we need to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and we need to love one another. Amen? <coughs> I, can talk, I can keep talking, but I'm not going to. I'm going to keep it short and keep it to my 25 minutes. I love you guys. Let's pray. Father God, we just love you so much. We thank you for who you are. Oh, Lord, you are an amazing God that you would send your only son to this wicked place simply so he could die for us. We thank you, Father. I ask that you would just minister to each and every one of us here today, Lord, that as we leave here, that we worship you, that we live for you, that we love one another, that we obey you, that we pursue you and abide in you. Your word says that when we abide in you, you abide in us. And Lord, I just love that picture of you just holding on to me and just never letting me go. I thank you so much, Lord. We praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.